0: Hello there. You are listening to the Deepened Roots podcast. My name is Carol Olker. I am an intuitive health coach and the founder of Deepened Roots Health Coaching. Check out what I do and the services I offer on Facebook and Instagram under Deepened Roots Health Coaching. There, you can book a free discovery call to talk about your health goals by clicking on the link in my bio. Deepened Roots podcast has been created to give listeners an inside look into my health coaching business, specifically my one-on-one 90-day program, which helps my clients establish habits that serve them in developing intuition around their thoughts and gut health. I use science and logic, and I also use the power of thoughts, feelings, intuition, and sass. Because authenticity is not an option in my world. You know what else isn't an option? Trusting your gut. If this appeals to you and you want to dive into your own abundant health journey, reach the hell on out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 33. Who doesn't love Fridays? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone! What is up? Interview number two. This is interview number two and it's going to be a bit of a long episode but not too much because Mark Lee has been helping me figure out the bugs and he has an episode to record himself. So, Get your wine and coffee regardless, and your snacks, and listen up, because we are here together via Zoom. I'm with one of my favorite new humans, and his name is Mark Lee. How are you, Mark Lee? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Cara? Looking lovely as always. I am doing well, thank you. And I want to let you know that you're literally the only person I'll let call me Cara, <laughs>
1: Well,
0: all right. Well- <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But um, so Mark Lee pretty much scouted me from the LinkedIn stratosphere. And because of him, I've had the opportunity to be on several shows on IBM TV within the last two weeks. So Mark, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell the Deep in Roots crowd who you are, what you do, what you're about, and anything else you want us to know.
1: No problem at all. Glad to do that. Definitely always good to see you and uh, meet new friends through your crowd and everything. But as I was telling you earlier, yes, I actually came into the world of radio because of my parents, who decided they had not heard enough of the kind of music that they were big fans of. They were fans of jazz. They were fans of a number of other musical styles, old R&B and things along that line, but particularly jazz. And they were not hearing enough jazz on the radio airs ways here in North Carolina. So that being said, they decided with actually no radio background whatsoever to start their own radio station in Warren County, and it actually was on for about a little bit over 10 years and all of that. So that started when I was a preteen in like the uh, mid-70s and all of that. So definitely I got into radio at a very young age as they started that radio station, and then there were a number of other kinds of music that were just becoming new at that time hip-hop is only about 50 years old and all of that so hip-hop was relatively new in terms of its being a art form and all of that so there was a show that we had called let's rap which was kind of like the old tv show zoom so it was a show made by teenagers uh for teenagers and all of that or preteens and teenagers and definitely some of those folks have gone on to even have some success in the uh radio world i know my friend joe neely actually was a believe a program director down in New Orleans, and a couple of other folks that even had, had musical careers and other things that were kind of came out of that whole family tree of things that were happening in that community. As a matter of fact, one of them was a fan of the station, even though not necessarily involved in the station. And she just recently passed, and that was Patrice mm. Barnes. She was actually the music director there for a minute for Saturday Night Live, and she uh, recently passed of uh, breast cancer, which she had been fighting for a number of years and all of that, so definitely I've got a rich history in the field of um, radio, like I said, um, as I was telling you earlier, in addition to uh, the work that I did with my parents radio station, I then went off to Marquette and I was going to be a print journalist. That was actually what I thought I was going to do because when I was coming up, I was doing the age of a Watergate so I was definitely thinking that I wanted to be the next great investigative reporter and all of that, so I went to Marquette to get my journalism degree, but while I was there, I worked for WMUR, which was the campus radio station on campus, as well as our newspaper, the Marquette Tribune, and then later on, I went to uh, work for WNCU when it first came on the air, which is the radio station at North Carolina Central University and HBCU, and I'm currently actually working, in addition to the IBM TV, with WCOM, and WCOM is a low-power community radio station in carlboro north carolina so i'm actually the person in charge of the program and helping them create like a program sheet and get new shows on a young lady that's got ties to africa i think to uganda she just recently started a new show recently called club diaspora which will be looking at world music but particularly african music and all of that so that was one that i just recently um kind of fast tracked into the programming that's going on at wcom we're also looking at a program that'll be dealing with business community and ways to enhance and help our business and restaurant community in the town of Chapel Hill and Carlboro and all of that. So definitely that's just some of the things that I've been doing in the the field of media. I consider myself to be definitely a media person as well as an entertainment person because I've also helped with a number of festivals. One of the places that I work at is the Hayti Heritage Center and they have for years done the Bull Durham Blues Festival. They've done a poetry slam. They've done a film festival, and they've done a number of other things that I have been part of as well. So definitely find myself very much entrenched into the North Carolina entertainment community. And uh, like I said, that's just one of the festivals. I've also emceed the Eno Festival, which is held at um, one of our state parks and has very much of a kind of Mother Nature feel to it and everything, as well as Centerfest, which is our Durham uh, Street Festival. And a lot of those festivals this year went virtual because of COVID and all that, but mm-hmm. I still was enlisted to help with the audio and with a lot of the MC and duties that they needed, even in the virtual
0: space. Yeah, you are a very busy guy, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> and that's amazing. You just kind of find yourself everywhere, which is what I think is great about you. You just literally, like, open up your mouth and whatever comes out, like you just roll with it and that's definitely why I I just kept thinking in my mind like oh I really want to talk about just the concept of getting curious and I thought okay I also want to do like an interview with someone um, at some point soon and then your your name and your your Face just popped up in my head and I thought yeah curious Mark Lee it's the same thing <laughs> and uh, I'm like he you know he just needs to be on my podcast that's all there is to it so um you know for me and my health coaching business, like you need to be curious. It's, it's essential in your gut health. So, you know, while you're not, you're all media, which is amazing. Um, you and I have had conversations where you're like, um, like, I, I don't know what, what should I eat tonight, Kara? (laughs) It's Chinese. Okay. You know, so for starters, yeah, it, for starters, it takes you out of the survival sympathetic state of mind, where your body is only thinking about surviving the crap going on in your life and your noggin, and and the parasympathetic state. Mark, you're getting some factoids where your body is able to digest today's lunch because your mind is relaxed and focused enough to confidently tackle what's ahead, rather than be tackled. So the listeners on this show definitely have heard me talk about the sympathetic nervous system and how it only knows how to survive so it heightens your senses, gets your blood pumping so you can fight or flight. The parasympathetic nervous system is also known as rest and digest because at its rested, calm, and collected state, your body can focus on digestion and even cell regeneration. So when you're curious Mark Lee, and you let that anxiety take you over, or when you're anxious and you let that anxiety take you over, you're not able to get curious. You're trying to stay alive inside your head. When you develop tools for your gut health toolbox like deep breathing, journaling, getting outside with nature, even cleaning out a drawer, you're able to get curious you're able to lean into what's inside your mind and start thinking about the possibilities of what else you could think that could perhaps best serve you. Or maybe just getting curious allows you to think outside your typical bubble, which just allows you to focus on that versus I need to fix this right now. So yes, I'm kind of going on and on because I'm trying to like mush our little worlds together, Mark Lee. No, no. You were doing a great job, but actually, I was thinking about the way that you were pushing it together, and two things
1: came to my mind, and everything. One is that I've got a uh, relatively new friend, and everything that actually lives out of state. They may even be in Ohio as well. I'm trying to remember where they're at, but they're in the construction field. And sometimes mm-hmm. when they are talking to me on um, like um chat or email or something like that, that is usually their first question. Their first question is it, as a lot of my friends are which is, what are you doing? And what kind of projects are you working on? How are you doing? Or things of that nature. But usually their first question is, did you have breakfast? Did you have lunch? And things along those lines, and I'm thinking of myself going like, uh, no, I didn't, and I didn't so, Like I said, so that's actually one of their first questions that they ask and everything. Cause I think that they're concerned that you know that you're living a good and healthy life and that you're not being overly busy. We do know that in this age of COVID and everybody trying to just survive and everything, that we can't get a little bit too caught up in being worried and all of that. And the other thing that you said that really struck me that I was doing a lot better in the past and I need to get back to doing it more regularly and everything is that I do enjoy going out for a short walk. Now, some of those short walks might be around the corner to go to those bad restaurants that we know are bad for me. And Car has already told me that several times, but definitely I might be going around there. But... One of the things I enjoy when I'm going for these walks and everything, and there's actually a park nearby as well, is seeing the, like the simple things in life. Watching the birds, seeing the cats that are in their owners' homes and things of that nature, or seeing the people walking their dogs. I haven't seen anybody lately trying to walk the, their cat. Even though <laughs> I do know that folks will attempt to do that because I know yes. folks that have tried to walk their cat. I know. When I had a cat, I did buy it a leash, and I tried to walk it a couple of times, and it looked at me like I had lost my mind. It was not going to have that whatsoever. It looked at me like, that's not for me. That's for dogs. That is not for cats. I love I it. I to put that on me or anything, I did try to walk it, but just watching the simple things of life. Like I said, that park that's nearby, it's probably maybe a um, half a mile to maybe uh, three-fourths of a mile from around the corner from my house and everything, that park has like um, ducks in it and um, also has like some uh, uh, other kinds of animals. Every once in a while you'll run across a turtle, you'll definitely run across the uh, sparrows and the various other birds that are there as well. And there's like a little um, pier, actually there are a couple of piers, so just kind of watching the people walking or jogging around because there's a track around this pond is what it amounts to. And so sometimes just watching the people as well as the trees, and the mother nature is something that I think we need to do more of on a regular basis. And even when COVID started, that's when I was doing more of that walking on a regular basis. And that actually helped me get that peace of mind that I think is important to our digestive system as well as just to our life in general. And I mean, one of the things that fascinated me, and I heard several people talk about this when COVID first hit back in March and everything March of last year, was that they noticed how when us humans came inside, that a lot of the animals um, were enjoying our being um, confined because they got a chance to actually get out and enjoy the hustle and bustle of their lives without the hustle and bustle of humans interfering with them and I know there were even cases that uh, scientists even observed in historical places like I think that they said that there were even some animals that were showing up in the canals of Italy Mm -hmm. as well as other places that we had not seen before because they were so used to human traffic and those Gotham loves and everything else, but, you know, humans were inside, so they were like, hey, we can actually enjoy ourselves now.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes, Dolphins. And and Italy and Venice. I mean, who would have thunk Dolphins? That's pretty amazing. Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it because, like, you were talking about um, how your friends are checking on you. Like, hey, have you you eaten today? (laughs) Are you taking care of yourself today? I love that because when you're on your gut health journey or on any type of journey self-care is huge this past year. You just get curious, so you're not trying to micromanage your calories, carbs, or vegetables for the day. You're like, I wonder what would happen if I drank one glass of wine a week instead of a day. Or, I wonder if I feel satiated if I chose a plate of plain broccoli and rice at the Chinese restaurant instead of like 10 egg rolls and dumplings. Or, I wonder if how my body would feel if I added a probiotic to my daily regimen, just stuff like that. And um, like, I love how you talked about nature and um, just kind of getting curious and observing that just, Oh, look at the ducks. Like, look at the sparrows. Look at the the trees, letting your mind wander and just kind of see what happens versus oh my gosh, I have to control this. I have to figure this out. Um, And so, in your life, Mark Lee, because as I was freaking out about my audio, you were like, you were chill. (laughs) You're like, whatever, it's fine. (laughs) I mean, what makes... What makes you anxious, Mark Lee? Definitely not audio snafus, but what makes you anxious? No, audio snafus audio, do not make you anxious. <laughs> One of the things that I found out really amazing is that a lot of times when you're
1: anxious, you just have to like put yourself in that mindset that there are certain things that you can't control and that you don't need to try to control them and everything. I think that we have this natural instinct to want to try to control everything or to think that we are in control of a lot of things that we are not in control of. particularly in festivals and when we were doing festivals sometimes that would be in front of thousands if not tens of thousands of people I'm talking about a street festival that was in downtown Durham I'm talking about um, a festival that was at a state park and a number of other festivals So there was lots of times that I was nervous as all get out but then it's kind of like the uh, the lights go on and the nerves go out the window so like no matter how nervous I might have been beforehand by the time that the lights have gone on and I know that I'm on stage and I've just got to go ahead and do what I've got to do, then all of those nerves kind of go out the window. And I would even say the same thing with my podcast, because there are some times that I am nervous and worrying about what the guests are going to show up, worrying about what's going to happen. And there are just certain things that I can't control. And I have learned that you can't control everything that you think you can control and all of that. I remember that there was a time, and this is even a gift, with your guests and your podcast people and everything a little bit on the um, slightly personal side. I remember there were times that I thought that I was in control of even relationship situations and all of that, and then I just had to come to the understanding that, you know, it's a two-way street, there are two parties involved in it, and I can only control my aspect of what's going on. I can't control the other person's aspect. Because I do think that sometimes in all of our lives journeys, whether it's relationships, whether it's those that are might be in school, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's even jobs, we are oftentimes tempted to try to control things that are not at our control. All we can try to do is control what we're good at and everything and try not to let things uh, unnerve us and everything. Um, just to give an example, and this has nothing to do with uh, the body health in the sense of what you usually talk about, but one of the things that I recently started doing is, um, uh, well, a lot of times when you work in the entertainment and the media field, you have to do jobs to pay the bills. And one of those jobs mm-hmm. that I do to pay the bills is a job called Measurement Incorporated, which is a testing company. And usually they're getting end of the year tests and all of that. But lately they've had us basically doing assembly line work. There is nothing exciting whatsoever about assembly line work. And yeah. I will be perfectly honest; I probably got a little bit on the. Uh, lazy side with the assembly line work and all of that. So they called me out on that and they were like, this is horrible, you must do these over again or we're gonna to have to assign you to some other job and everything. And when they called me out on that, I just had to take that responsibility and also kind of like concentrate and find ways to make a very boring job non-boring. So I started doing like uh, number games. So it's like, you know, you would take maybe uh, let's let's say we're in the part where we're actually boxing items maybe I'll take out like ten vows and uh there's like another thousand in the box so I'll be like I'm gonna take two from the box I'll take ten from the stack two from the box three from this stack so you do like these little number games <laughs> in order to break them but not open that at some point that will help the time fly by and of course also engage in some conversation of course it's not as easy to engage in conversation when you're doing it in the socially distanced kind of responsibility because they are trying to keep people eight mm-hmm. feet apart and all of that. So, But still, you can, uh, you know, every once in a while, holler one of your neighbors down the hall and everything, or down, not down the hall, but, you know, within the same real building, but eight feet apart so you can holler them and ask them something that has nothing whatsoever to do with the work that you're doing in order to kind of, like, break that monotony and hope that you'll get to your break time because, like, any other... <laughs> job there's break times and there's lunch time and you're just trying to get to each break that you're trying to get to in order to get through the day in order to collect the check to help you pay for the things that you really are interested in and all of that because sometimes you got to do those jobs that you really have no interest in whatsoever but it's called collecting a check to pay a bill
0: yes yes i love that because um there is no shame being an amazing like media guy and doing your own thing and whatever and doing a having a media like a job that isn't you know it's not your dream job but it pays the bills it it gives you extra income and and i'm the same way like currently i i'm i have like a small part-time job that i do just like a couple days a week where i go into a grocery store and I literally told them on my job interview I was like I just want you I just want to come in and you tell me what to pick up and organize and just let me organize it and that'll make me so happy because COVID you know it it just kind of has isolated us and you know especially if you're doing a lot of stuff like for me health coaching and I'm building my brand more and more and there's a lot of stuff where it just can make your mind squirrely and then you just need something that kind of focuses you and something that's not even related or else you're going to think about coaching and I found that I still get some of my best thoughts while I'm organizing, but I just need that, right? And then I see people, but if I don't talk to many people during that day, I'm completely okay. <laughs> and if I don't have a panic attack because they're way too close to me, then it's a really good day. But sometimes you just need that, right? You just need that thing that is not exciting, but you so need to be able to keep your mind alert And have you focusing on the present. So for you, it's counting. Like, oh, they're going to like displace me because I'm doing a crappy job. So might as well do a numbers game. (laughs) Exactly. Might as well do some sort of numbers game. Something to break the monotony.
1: Sometimes I will definitely be thinking about show ideas or thinking about other things that are on my mind. Even related to what my greater passion is and things along that line. But one of the other things I was going to say to add to that is... Then um, shout out to Measurement Incorporated. They've known me for a number of years. They know my passion for the arts. They know my passion for the creative community. They know that in the past that I have left the job, um, even when we were doing grading papers to go say to W C O M, which is the radio station, and all that. So I remember that when they called me to tell me about this kit making job, because that's what it amounts to, is basically making COVID kits and all that. Nice. Right. But when they called me about the making job, they were like, "Mark, um can you come in and can you do this job?" And I was like, I was very clear with them. I said, "Well." I have the podcast that I do, how flexible are they? And they was like, let me check with the manager and everything, they check with the manager, and the manager was like, as long as he can come in here and do a certain amount of hours and everything, if he needs to bounce on, say, a Monday, like, usually I would not be able to do this show, because usually I'd be working on a Monday and leaving right about now to come to home to do my podcast, but today being MLK, they took MLK off and everything, Thanks. but usually I'd be coming, leaving early today And I'll definitely be leaving early on Wednesday because I had made it very clear that there were at least two, if not three days with the gamers then that I needed to break early. And they were like, as long as he's putting in the majority of the hours and is trying to concentrate on the work while he's in the work environment, we can definitely be flexible. So that flexibility is something that I liked about that particular job. And that's something that I've always had with that job. So I do think that anytime that you get these, menial jobs, if you can have them, have an understanding of what your bigger vision is and how they might even play into the bigger vision. A lot of times folks are very cooperative. They know that this is a new era that we're yeah. in with COVID and things of that nature. And They know a lot of folks are definitely not working in their dream jobs or in yeah. the jobs that they are passionate about. So they understand that. And with that understanding, they are now actually uh, pivoting a lot. I know that's a favorite word that a lot of people mm-hmm. in coaching are using these days. But they're pivoting. we're even seeing the companies pivot as well. So... They are understanding that a lot of folks, they do not have that. And like I said, when I told that to some coworkers, they were like, they told me the same thing. And it might be for different reasons. Like some of them might have had health concerns. So they might Mm -hmm. need to run away for a doctor's appointment or things of that nature. Some of them might have had, like myself, career goals that they needed to go to or even like job interviews that they wanted to go to. But they understood that and have been very flexible, not just with myself, but with a number of folks that are over there. I mean, I'll even give an example one lady, I know there are two ladies that work together and live together, and I think that they both have various health issues. So they've missed like whole days because of their health issues. They also, you know, the way North Carolina has its snow lines, and yes, we do get snow every once in a while, there are certain communities that get more than other parts. So like, mm-hmm. there was nothing that happened, I think it was about a week and a half ago here in Durham, where I'm at, but where they are at, which is closer to Roxboro, closer to the mountains, they actually had some snow and ice, so they did not come in at all that day because they were not trying to you know, skid all over the road and yeah. all of that. So definitely that does happen. And there are some of these snow lines that impact w- whether people come in or not. But they were very understanding, both of the doctor's appointments and the snow lines in the case of Heather and Lindy, who are the two ladies that are next to me on one side. Um, John is on the other side of me and everything.
0: Yeah, and that's awesome, you know, that you can, and a lot of people like like you and myself, it's like, hey, we have our main goals But we also have this thing called life, and we have to keep ahead of it. And what can we do? And, you know, like, great, let's uh, make COVID tests. And that is cool that you're able to be a part of that. Like, even that alone, that's pretty awesome because, like, it's part of the bigger picture. You know, and I think even me, like, I'm stocking things, putting them on the shelves, and I feel like a bigger part of it. Yeah, it's just putting stuff on shelves, but I think if people can just come in, get what they need, come out, socially distance, talk to me here and there, and feel good about it, then that makes me feel good. And you know just and it takes getting curious to be like hmm, i wonder if i can just reach out to this person to see about a job or whatever like it's amazing what you can achieve you know no
1: definitely achieve a lot of everything i mean i remember when COVID first came and everything and i mean it's even you even see the runs on the product now but i mean when COVID first came there was of course the runs on products that everybody expects anyway. Of course, any natural disaster, people expect to have a, a whole, a lot of people buying water to buy, um, you know, the basic necessities and everything. But I do remember that one of the amazing things that happened during COVID was that everybody and their mother was going to buy every last roll of toilet paper that ever existed and everything. The folks were sitting there going like, what is it with covid and toilet paper like they were trying to figure out why everybody was rushing to get that particular product and even the news media was sitting there going like we get the water we get the other things that are basic survival needs and everything and yes that is a survival need as well but it's not something that the average person was expected to have happen during covid so that's why a lot of the news media people were like shocked because they would go to like whole stores and sometimes have to go to like maybe six or seven stores before they finally got to the supply and then you would even have the people that were literally um, hoarding their yes. items and everything. There were people that were going into stores, probably buying, like I said, you can only use but so much no matter what your health is or, uh, <laughs> no matter what those health situations are, you had people that were literally buying like, you know,
0: whole cases and sitting Yes. Like, do you need a whole case. <laughs> <laughs> I could not get toilet paper for three weeks. Like, I, had to I I was I literally was speaking of curious I literally was texting people and I was like do you have a role (laughs) what about now and then I would ration it I would be like hmm you know and uh it was it was kind of sad and then when I knew that I had a friend who was a hoarder, but like not, it was before COVID. It was just like, because he was a hoarder. I was like, oh great. You're going to be my supply guy. (laughs) Definitely. And I just, I just find that insane. Right. But I, I thought, thank goodness. I asked because like, there was no way I was going to get toilet paper. I think at one point I was like, well, here's napkins, you know. <laughs> like, it was um, sad. You uh, napkins, paper towels. We've all come up with <laughs> I know, right? So um, you're talking about uh, – you mentioned earlier that you're off your um, – Covid testing job today due to Martin Luther King. Um, I do know that I also that you are turning into a pumpkin soon, which is sad because I wish I could kidnap you a little more. <laughs> you know, it's not so much a pumpkin. I've just got to turn into a pumpkin and do my other show. Yes, and I think I've got that in another fifteen minutes and everything. But you know, I always love talking to you. you yes, have high energy and such wonderful energy, and I definitely
1: uh, hopefully can come back and talk to you and your audience yeah. again very shortly but I always enjoy our conversations and you are definitely a naturally curious person and that's something that I've always found myself to be as well because I'm naturally curious and all of that sometimes curiosity can lead to uh, problems
0: as well I will tell you something that, I, that you will, your listeners will enjoy definitely. Yes, and that is something that my brother tells me all the time which is that I am sometimes a little bit overly transparent. I'll just put it that way. Sometimes i a little Me too.
1: So sometimes, so sometimes I'll be sitting there and I will think about things going on, not just in my life, but in my family's life and things of that nature. So I know that my younger brother has sometimes mentioned something happening in our family and then he'll be like, and whatever you do, Mark, I don't expect you to put that on Facebook. And that's, this is family matters. Do not put that on Facebook and all of that. So do not put that information on there. So he'll give me that stern warning because sometimes, you know, It might be something that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but something that either you found interesting, like something that happened within the family that might be a little humorous or a little funny, or something that might even be something that you think is an achievement of the family. But sometimes folks don't like to always put their achievements out into public. We sometimes want to put them out there for them and all Mm -hmm. of that. So I do know that that is something that I've had to, uh, curtail myself on and i've actually done a much better job than in the past but there was a time that i literally would tell everything and all of that and just an example of curiosity and how bad curiosity can lead to and everything you'll get a story. you'll get a kick out of this story and i don't know how it may fall into curiosity it just may fall into human nature and everything but i am a um and nothing wrong with this you know it's just the way that the cards fell and everything but I am a older gentleman in the, the single category, but I and still have friends that are that I have dated in the past, and some friends that I even date to this time and everything. But I remember maybe 20 or 30 years ago when I was doing the blues show on the WNCU, I was dating a young lady, and literally friends of mine would tell me, we know exactly what is happening in your relationship. And I was sitting there going like, how do you know what's going on? In my relationship, I have not said anything about the relationship in the sense of what's going on in the relationship. They were like, "Mark, we could tell by the nature of the songs that you were playing, so <laughs> really lovey kind of mood and everything." There were a lot of the happy blue songs and everything like that. If I was like pissed at the young lady at the time, there was a lot of those. Um, I really can't stand you, kind of blue. <laughs> I so was able to tell what mood I was in based on the kind of songs that I was playing. so what I started doing is, when they told me that, I then used that curiosity and kind of, like, flipped the script on them. So I would start playing lovey-dovey songs when I was mad, and mad songs when I was lovey W, and all of that. So I kind of blended it up and everything. But, yeah, there was a time that folks would literally would tell me, they'd be like, yep, you were playing those really happy songs, so everything must have been good. Nope, if you were talking about them songs where you read it like, Take
0: her to the backwoods and <laughs> <laughs> No, and that is so good though, because you. Okay, first of all, it might get that there's a time and a place for saying things, but oftentimes we hold so much to ourselves, anyways, that we become emotionally constipated. And yes, bringing it back to health. Like, don't think for a second that that doesn't mess with your body right so um like i'll even call myself out like oh sorry i'm just feeling a little emotionally constipated today like i can't draw out my feelings for anything and i think that's so it can be human nature but i think it's socially conditioned you know so i love the fact that you're like hey i i this is my brain, and you're seeing it, and that's what it is, and I—that's what I love about you. You're just like a cool dude, and you're like, ah, this is my brain, and um, I, I love it. And I did want to circle back around to—I um, um, do want to know your thoughts. I'm curious, Mark. The—it is Martin Luther King Day today, which. It's great i think it's an awesome time to go back and just you know read reread history comb through um and learn a little something that maybe you didn't before about martin luther king's life about anything and regarding racism or or, or the civil rights movement and there has been a theme lately Speaking of Facebook and social media, of people posting Martin Luther King quotes and even Malcolm X quotes regarding defending the insurrection on Capitol Hill. I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Well, one, I think that they are totally wrong to use those
1: quotes (laughs) because I think that that is not exactly what they had when Malcolm X was talking about this chickens will come home to roost. You were talking about something totally different than what Mm -hmm. I think some of those folks were talking about. And the same with some of the quotes from Martin Luther King and all of that. There are ways that you can misconstrue any historical quotes to fit your uh, thought pattern and things of that nature. I think that we even see that with a lot of our religious books and things of that nature where folks will take a passage from the Bible and use. that I feel that he would be fighting for today. I don't think that he'd be pleased with a number of the ways that things are going with um, food injustice and food insecurities. I don't think that he'd be pleased with things the way they are going in the sense of racial equality. I don't think that he'd be pleased even with the way of the climate. A lot of people don't remember that he was actually against the Vietnam War, so I don't Mm -hmm. think that he'd be too pleased with a lot of the things that are going on in the sense of military occupations and military around the world and all of that. So there are a number of things that I think that he would even be shocked that we are not uh, much further along
0: agree 100% and that's part of just being curious when you have all this emotion in front of you and you're just fighting this battle of these are my beliefs and I'm gonna win and la 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 like that's why it is so important to look at history because sometimes if you don't you and you dismiss it or you gaslight it you're going to repeat it and It's not a political statement at all. I've gotten some comments recently of, you know, very mildly political, like, just thoughts here and there. And I'm like, you know, that is fine. There is such a thing as an unfollow button, if that's what you choose to, you know, use. And, you know, I think that we as humans, it's so important to be curious and just be humans together. You know, He Martin Luther King wasn't a particularly political person, but he was human humanitarian 100%. He was all about human life, you know? He was
1: very much a humanitarian and a lot of folks, and that's actually what something that uh, Zach had mentioned yesterday when we were having our roundtable, which is the show that comes right after Funk Me Through Zach. But one of the things that he was alluded to, which I do agree with, is that if you study the history of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and you mentioned both of them, they mm-hmm. seem like they were far apart from each other, just like it seems like the Black Panthers and the SCLC were far apart from each yeah. other. But actually, as history was going on, they were actually starting to get closer together. Yeah. And if they had not been assassinated, they probably would have met together in the middle of, and yeah. found like common ground, more common ground than a lot of folks expect and all of that. So definitely, I think that folks do not give them. As much credit for being more similar than they were apart. They definitely had some things that were different in their viewpoint and everything, but I do think that they had some similarities, and even some of the similarities that were becoming closer together. Because one of the things you talked about, Martin Luther King was definitely a humanitarian and definitely all about um, the benefit of all people. And a lot of times, Malcolm X is thought of as being this black nationalist. And yes, he was primarily a black nationalist, but a lot of folks forget about the fact that before he got assassinated, he had gone to Mecca finding blue-eyed soul brothers and all of that, and finding people that were actually of a white race or different other cultures. So he was starting to change his mindset about that kind of viewpoint. Those early, very fiery speeches where he was basically condemning a lot of certain races and certain classes and everything. But as he had gone to Mecca, he had kind of changed his viewpoint because he had gone there and seen a lot of folks that were of a complexion that was similar to the same complexion, Oppressing him as well as Mm -hmm. oppressing other people, whether it was in New York or whether it was in the South. But those oppressors had now kind of like found a common religious bond in the sense of that. neighbors they want you not to covet your uh wife or give you the properties of other folks and everything but they're very basic principles they're in the bible they're in the quran they're in a lot of the other religious books out there and everything i actually think that it's mankind that gets in the way and it kind of ruins everything because mankind gets in the way and changes everything and some of those kind of negative folks kind of like happening with some of the trump supporters but also some of the antifa folks i think it can happen on both sides of the extreme both the left side and the right side where folks are just going too far to the extreme side and that's something that i think we need to get away from we actually need to find ways to uh to bounce off and everything is I was going to give you an example of curiosity that has nothing to do with politics but I think (laughs) that you will enjoy this and everything but it's a case of curiosity from my mom oh I love
0: it it. I'm excited okay All right, curiosity from my mom so this is an incident
1: that happened I was actually very much involved in a um, and we can talk about this on a later show but in one of those toxic kind of relationships and everything of They had brought some of their toxicity into the new relationship and all of that. So it impacted me so much so that one time I was visiting her, and at that time she was living in Winston-Salem, and we went to a store. And I was sitting there, and I was spending a lot of time looking down. So like I said, even though we're walking, I'm looking down and everything. And at some point my mom looked at me, and she's like, Mark, what's the matter? Why are you looking down? And it was at that point that I realized that that toxicity had impacted me so much so that I had allowed it to kind of dictate my relationship not just to my uh, mom, but to my entire world and everything of that nature yes. because I let that toxicity influence me in such a sense of looking down and not paying attention to the vibrancy of the world ahead of me and yes. all of that. So that was one of the moments that she's looking at me like, Mark, get, get your head out of, the, uh, out of the ground there and everything. Need to actually like realize that you can move ahead. That relationship was not the one that was supposed to be involved in for the long term, and all of that. It was a negative relationship, and you need to move on ahead.
0: Yes, yes, and I love that because oftentimes when we're so focused and we're like, okay, this is how it's going to happen the way it is, whether it's relationships or your views on the world, or your relationship with yourself. Uh, mental health, emotional health, physical health. It's like, this is how it's going to be. And no, no, you have to be curious. You have to realize that sometimes that thinking can really just prevent you from feeling that. I love how you said like the frequency of the world just happening around you. So thank you so much for your time, Markley. It has truly been a pleasure. And, um... Yeah, this is not the last of uh, this. I I love it. But you have fun on your show, and we will touch base another time. Sounds great. Okay. Bye. Bye. Deepened Roots podcast covers elements of my one-on-one 90-day program that is founded on the concepts of acting out of abundance instead of fear and going for what serves you. From time to time, I'll also cover what speaks to me, what's important in the moment, who's influenced my work, and even bring you interviews with like-minded business owners. I also encourage you to reach out and let me know. What else you'd like me to talk about? What moves you? What speaks to you? What serves you? Also, don't be shy. You can find me on my Facebook and Instagram pages by searching under Deep End Roots Health Coaching to not only book a discovery session by clicking on the link of my bio, but see the current happenings, musings, and shenanigans at Deep End Roots Health Coaching. Thank you so much for joining me, y'all, and I will see you next time.